Well, good morning, Cornerstone Worship Center. Won't you stand with us this morning? Amen. Aren't you glad to be in God's house this morning? Amen. A few of you. I said, aren't you glad to be in God's house this morning? Have you come with an expectant heart this morning, ready to receive what God has for you? Amen. Amen. Yeah, well, let's worship together this morning. Nothing can stand up. 
Jesus, here I am, and so I'll shout out your name from the rooftops. I'll proclaim that I am yours. I am yours with all that I am. I'll place into How many know that when we're His, we have all that we need? Amen? We have all that we need. I'm going to read two scriptures from Ezekiel 37. Common, common, the valley of dry bones. Again, He said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Then He said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. I feel like the Lord wants someone to know today that your hope has not been cut off. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever valley you might be in, it stuck out to me. The first thing he said is hear the word of the Lord. Amen. If we get a word from the Lord over our situation, if we hold on to the word of the Lord over our situation, nothing that the enemy sends can shake us because we have a word from the Lord. The second thing that stood out to me is in the valley. He called the bones out of the valley. If he can speak to a bones in a valley and pull them together and then make them an army for his kingdom 
He can overcome our situations. Amen. He can overcome every situation we face. He's well able. So I feel like the Lord just wants me to speak to the dry places in people's life, to the wounded places in your life, to the worried places in your life, to the broken places in your life, and say, arise, hope, arise, and hear the word of the Lord.
on and lift up holy hands in the house. Come on, church. Can you lift up your voice? Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Can you honor him today in your heart, with your mouth? Let the meditations of your heart begin to flow forth. Hallelujah, Lord, we worship you. Holy, holy are you, Lord. Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, we worship you, highly and exalted, Lord. We praise your name. tells us that these angels that are around the throne room of heaven they have six wings two that cover their feet two two that that cover cover their eyes and then when they get a glimpse of the of the throne and they see the greatness of God they begin to say holy 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 and then they fly a little bit further and they look and they say holy 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 and they fly a little bit further and they say holy 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 right now whether you realize it or not, when we sing this song, we're coming into agreement with what's happening in heaven. And we say, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Some of you say, I'm not used to this kind of worship. Can I tell you something? When you draw close to God, the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. And you know what happens when you get closer to God? 
the things of your life begin to burn away. They begin to melt away. The, 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 the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. And as we get closer to God, the things of this world, they grow strangely dim. And they don't matter as much. This is taken straight out of the text in Isaiah chapter 6. The prophet gets a glimpse of the throne room of heaven and he realizes how sinful of a man he is when he sees the throne room of heaven. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. There isn't anyone in here who is perfect for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus came and made a way. And in Hebrews it tells us to boldly approach the throne room of heaven with grace because of Jesus Christ. So today, we have the privilege to walk into the presence of God. Jesus is our mediator, and he's there. He's covered that price. Can we one more time just lift our hands and glorify the Lord in the house today? Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. Worthy of honor, worthy of praise. have a need in the house today will you just lift your hands if you got a need will you just lift your hand will you let us know you have a need today we want to pray with you today I want to just bring to your attention just for a moment need to pray for a couple of families in our church need to pray for the family of Norma Corsi which is Anna Baker's mother who passed away this last week. Can we pray for that family as they are uh, getting ready to have a funeral tomorrow and visitation today, actually? And we can give you some more details on that. I, I think most, a lot of you guys may be related to her. So I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but uh, we need to pray for the family. Also, the wisely, uh, Sister Carol wisely, her sister passed away and Ethel Mae Jackson some of you may know her but let's pray for these needs today how many have a need in your heart know someone that has a need how many have a situation in, in your life can I tell you how many are praying for prodigal sons and daughters there is nothing that is too big for God nothing nothing all things are possible so this is what I want to do. I want to come into agreement. We can pray for these families. We can pray for the sick today. We can pray for the afflicted. We can pray for your need today. Okay, let's pray. Let's come into agreement. Holy Spirit, begin to move in this place right now. God, I ask, Lord, that your glory, Lord, would begin to just fall in this place. God, upon each and every situation, God, you are a holy God. We we give you praise and adoration, and knowing that you are a good God, we come to you with our petitions today. And we say, Lord, touch needs today, God. Touch hearts. God, may the peace of God that passes all understanding, God, begin to minister to these families, Lord, who have been touched by death this week. God, God, I pray, Lord, that your peace would be upon each and, each and every one of them, God, family members, those who are, have been affected by this. God, I ask, Lord, 
for those who raise their hand, God, Lord, you know the needs, you know the situation. Some need a breakthrough. God, I pray right now, Lord, that, that your spirit would begin to minister and touch. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give abundant life, God, in situations. We speak life right now. We claim the blood of Jesus over situations. God, I pray right now, Lord, that the blood of Jesus would begin to flow in, 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 in bodies today, Lord, that may be struggling with sickness and different situations. But, God, we claim the blood of Jesus right now over, over their lives. God, for those who are lost, God, those who are praying for prodigals, sons and daughters, God, we claim the blood of Jesus over them right now. God, I pray, Lord, that right now, right where they're at, God, maybe they're strung out on, on drugs right now, God, but let your Holy Spirit begin to draw them right Right now, right where they're at. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would begin to woo them. God, I ask, Lord, that your presence, Lord, would flow in this house. God, that your spirit, Lord, would move and minister. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we're grateful, Lord, for this atmosphere of worship and praise. And God, while we're in this moment, God, we lift our hands and we say, thank you, Lord, for answering prayer. God, we give you praise in advance. Lord, we may not have the answer, but Lord, we praise you in advance. God, in faith believing, Lord, that you're going to intervene. Lord, that you're going to minister, Lord, that you're going to touch. God, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you adoration in the house today. Come on. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Do you? God is good, amen? God is good. How many know that God is good? God is doing a great work. Can you, can you just sense that God is, is propelling us along? God is, is moving us to higher ground, that God is taking us to a place that we've never been in. How many are excited about that? I'm excited about that. And I say, hey, God, let me get out of the way and let's just step into what you have for us today. Amen. You may be seated in the house today. What an honor it is to have you and to see you today. I want to say this. Uh, it is so good to see Brother Ron. I didn't get to hug your neck, but I did look back there and saw you. And it is, you are a miracle of God. And we're so glad to see you today and just honored to have you here. Hey, just do me a favor. Just stay right there for just a moment. And uh, honestly, it is so, so good to see you. Go ahead, Brother Ron. I hit the light switch tape and uh, light the pilot light and get it back going because I had paint and Bondo and stuff out there and it didn't want to freeze in room. The minute I hit that light switch, kaboom, it was over. That shed went into a thousand pieces. It threw me back by my toolbox. But my God was in the fire with me because he started hollering at me, Ronnie, you got to get out and get out of this fire. You got to get out and get out of this fire. You're going to die. So I stood up and I started walking this way. Well, then I think my lawnmower blew up because something else blew up. And it was something full of gas. It was a right lawnmower. And it blew me clean out of the uh, garage or shed. 
over against the house. Phyllis come out screaming bloody murder and just panicking. And uh, I was on fire. My hair was on fire. My whole, all my clothes was on fire. I started ripping off my sweatshirt. I had a sweatshirt up but down here. So I'm like that. I had my sleeves pulled up. And uh, so in the next few minutes, I was in an ambulance. And I was at Eskenazi Hospital in Indianapolis Big Burn Center. And I'm telling you, those people are miracle workers. They, they treated me and worked with me. And in the first 48 hours, if I lived through 48 hours, I was lucky to be alive. And uh, not wasn't, I wasn't lucky. I, I kept telling everybody up there, I'm not lucky to be alive. My God was with me. My God was with me, you know. And I thank God that he's brought me through. I got, I got another couple months of healing to get my hands and my back. And my, everything from my neck down is just burnt like this. And it's, it's, it's going to take time to heal. But my God's healing me every day and giving me strength. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Listen, we'll take a moment to, to give a testimony because by all rights, you shouldn't be here, Ron. But God had his hand upon you. And I tell you what, I love that. Is your faith charged? My faith is charged. My faith is charged today. I, I love that. It is so good to see you today. If you are with us and you are a guest with us for the first time, I, my name, and I should do this every week, but I forget most weeks. My name is TJ, and I, I am the pastor here. We are so happy to have you here today. So, so thrilled to have you here. We pray that you feel welcome, that you feel the Spirit of God. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, if you are a guest with us, we just let God do what God's going to do in this place. Uh, we like that, and uh, I want to say it is so good to see you. So, uh, can we give all of our guests a welcome today? Will you do that with me? Those watching online right now, we say welcome. And uh, honestly, I just, I tell you what, I, I've been on cloud uh, nine. I was uh, gone this week. I, I took a little trip to Missouri, to the Show Me State, the place that grew my bones. That's where I, I, I was born in Missouri. Um, so I am a Midwesterner. I lived in the West Coast for a large portion of my life, but I am a true Midwesterner. I've, I've experienced life, and I went over uh, to visit my family and uh, got, to, got a chance to speak into the life of my nephew who uh, turned 16, and uh, they asked me to come and just give uh, just a word. And so I had the privilege of doing that, and what an honor that was. It was good to see my family, but I'm going to tell you what, I missed Indiana while I was gone. I did. And uh, I, I couldn't wait to get home uh, and uh, see you guys. And I missed you guys. And our hearts were here. And uh, even though we were physically there, but our hearts were with you guys. And, and I just, I tell you what, it's just been a, a good week. I wasn't here Wednesday. I'm sorry if you came Wednesday and, and, and we're expecting Philippians. But you got something better. Uh, you got Marcus. How many enjoyed Marcus teaching? I heard good reports. And uh, he told me that he uh, was a little bit shorter than me. And I said, don't get them, don't, don't train them that shorter messages, okay? Uh, so I'm just, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, truthfully, uh, I thank you for, for filling in for us and helping us. And so we'll continue our, our look into Philippians. We're going to be in the third chapter this week. Uh, if you don't have anything going on, 
you want to grow in God, I tell you what, Philippians is a challenge, challenging book and uh, is really just pushing, pushing us and propelling us. I want to invite you to come and be a part. And if you have kids, you say, hey, well, what about my kids? Man, we've got something for everybody on Wednesday night from zero to 99. If you're 100, we'll find something for you, all right? Um, but we, we've got something for everybody, and uh, we want you to be a part and uh, to be connected. And so I, I tell you what, it's just look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the best looking thing I have seen all day long. Now look at your neighbor on the other side and say, why didn't you tell me that? I want to just preface something. Next week we're going to be doing something here at the church. We're going to start a fast. We're going to do a 21-day fast fast and, and prayer time, and we normally do that uh, at the beginning of the year, and uh, the Holy Spirit just, just put that on stop at the beginning of the year, and I, I, I didn't know what was going on, and I thought, man, this is, you know, most everybody fasts at the beginning of the year, and, and, uh, and got to pray and, and begin to just seek God, and just felt like that this was the, the correct timing, and, and from May 3rd to May 23rd, uh, from a Sunday to a Sunday, three weeks, um, we're going to be doing a, a fast and prayer and say, Pastor, what does that mean for me? This is what I want you to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Fasting, what it does is when we fast and we pray, we put in front of us something that we need God to intervene and we need God to minister and need God to move. You know, Jesus the disciples were trying to cast the demon out of a young child and they couldn't do it and Jesus came and he said these come by only fasting and prayer that's the only reason they can come out and so and so what we want to do is coming into this season come out of the Easter season I love that we had Good Friday had a great Good Friday had a great Easter great time but the story doesn't end there Jesus ascends to heaven and Jesus sent a comforter on May 23rd is Pentecost Sunday so leading up to that day we're going to just be fasting and I want you to ask God what to give up don't give it up for my sake don't give it up because it's what you're supposed to give up some people do Daniel fast which means that they basically give up meat and they do uh, you know they just eat vegetables which is fine if the Lord speaks to your heart I say do that if you want to give up one meal a day that's fine maybe you say hey I have a health issue and I can't give up a meal give up something else but here's the thing I don't want you to do don't give up a meal and neglect to pray because then you're just starving yourself and the condition of that the reason that we do this the reason that we do this uh, and is we give up something and we say, hey, God, I'm going to concentrate on this. I'm going to pray in this time. And maybe you could give up one bill a day. Maybe you could give up a lunch time. And in, the, in your lunch time, instead of going and chowing down on McDonald's, they'll be there when you get back, I promise. Take that time to go pray. Seek God. Because what prayer does is it changes me and it changes you and it changes our surrounding and it gives us a chance to break through and I believe that we're on the cusp of something amazing 
And we got to just keep pressing harder and harder and harder. And God is going to just rip the ceiling off of this thing. Do you believe that? I believe that. Will you guys do that with us and uh, just begin to pray this week? And I, I don't want to condition and tell you what to give up and not. That's not my place. I believe the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you. Say, well, the pastor, I, I don't know the Holy Spirit. I don't know if the Holy Spirit's ever spoke to me. I tell you what, when you begin to pray and you begin to seek God, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. Sometimes I pray, and sometimes when I'm praying, I am having a one-way dialogue with the Holy Spirit, and it's just me talking to God. But I've learned that if you'll listen, you'll hear the word of the Lord. He'll speak back to you. And so, honestly, I just want to give you guys that, and I, I want you to join us. And uh, we, we may do something, Sue. I didn't, I didn't mention this. this is, I, I, I tell you what. This pastor just doing what pastor does right here. During this time of fasting on, on Monday nights, Monday nights, we're going to open the church up for prayer on Monday nights. That means you can come in and you can go. But for, for the hours from 6 to 8, we'll open this up. Someone will be here. We'll have some, some music playing in here. And that will be a time for you to pull away. Listen, you say, I could pray at home. You absolutely can. But your phone will ring at home. Your kids will want milk. And all these distractions. Sometimes you just got to put yourself at a place where there's no distractions. So I want to encourage you. So we're, we're going to do that, Sula. Uh, you know, and, and, and we'll have somebody here to help to be here. And so and we'll pray together. And if you have a need, bring that need here. We'll pray and we'll ask God to intervene for those needs. All right. Are you guys with me? All right. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? I've been in awe since last week and uh, what God did in our service and in our midst. And uh, I tell you what, it's, I just, I love the Lord. I truly do. I truly do love the Lord and say, well, you should. You're the pastor. I agree. But I really do love the Lord, and I, I love him more than anything. I love my wife, but I love the Lord more than I love my wife. He said, boy, that's a pretty bold statement. Let me tell you something. The closer I get to the Lord, the closer my wife gets to the Lord, the closer we get together. Before I even knew my wife, I was saved. God has been good to me, and God has led me, and so I, I just, I, I just love the Lord. I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't know who needs to hear that, but someone in here, you need to hear that. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip that. I love the Lord, but can I tell you this? He loves you. He loves you more than you love Him. And so I don't know who needed to hear that, but you could take that. Look at your neighbor real fast and say. He loves you. Amen. 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 All right. All right. Thank you, Brother Larry. I appreciate you. Uh, I, I think, and I'm, I've been praying about this, I think next week, starting the week that we start our fast, May the 3rd, I think I'm going to start a series on, on the Holy Spirit, okay? And uh, just have been just weighing in my heart about this, and I think we're gonna we're gonna do a, a little three week series on the Holy Spirit because some people you may come from a denomination that that, that 
just totally just neglected talking about the Holy Spirit. Some denominations, they don't, when they don't understand it, they just don't talk about it. And, uh, but, but the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, Jesus said, I'll send a comforter, and that, and, and that means paraclete. That's somebody that's, somebody that's going to encourage you, somebody that's going to lead you. And we'll, we'll get into that next week. That's not going to be this week. But, but I, I just feel compelled to talk about that and just kind of just help us out and help you out. And so we'll do that next week. But I, this week I want to talk to you on, on light. Everyone look at your neighbor say, light. Everyone look up here with a hearty voice say, light. All right. How many appreciate the lights in here? All right. If we didn't have lights in here, it would be a dark service. Some of you are saying, you know what, Pastor, it would be a lot easier to look up there because you're ugly if it was dark, right? Um, but the light. And light is really an awesome phenom- phenomenon that we, we have in our universe. Um, and light has some amazing characteristics. Have you? We don't really think about it. When we go in, we just turn a light on in a room. We don't really think about it, and, you know, it gives us light. We don't really uh, wonder about the whole process of that light getting to us. But light exists. Look at this. And I, listen, and, and I'm, no, I'm no expert here, but light exists, but darkness is merely the absence of light. Now, some people, I've read this, that people say, well, you got to have eyeballs to be able to detect light. But that doesn't mean that light isn't there in the darkness just because I can't detect it. It's like, kind of like a radio waves. Right now, there are radio waves flying all through this, this building right now. Can anybody hear them? I didn't think so. All right, unless you got an antenna coming out of your head. Some of you might do that. So light exists, but darkness is merely the absence of light. As soon as light enters a dark room, it turns to light. Don't believe me? I can have them turn off the lights. And it'll get dark in here really fast. Trust me, I come in here throughout the week, and it's dark in here sometimes. I try to walk through here, and I'm feeling my way around, falling, tripping. And if the pews or if our seats are out of order, it's probably because I've miscalculated my turn and ran into them. Uh, but uh, but how many remember when you were little, I, or maybe this is just me because I'm just weird, but I used to try to turn the light off and get in bed before the light went out. Am I the only one? Anybody ever did that? Anybody ever pulled a muscle doing that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would go over there, and I would go to the light switch, and I'd be like, all right, I got this. Three feet. And I could never do it, right, because light travels so fast. And light, light moves really fast, and, and light travels approximately at 186,282 miles per second. That's fast. That's fast. And so, uh, and it takes, it's interesting because if it takes sunlight eight minutes and 19 seconds to reach the earth. From the time that the light uh, shines from the sun, it takes eight minutes and 19 seconds, uh, 19 seconds approximately to reach the earth. That's fast. It's covering a long distance. And, and the sun's light, uh, it reflects from the moon to the earth in 1.3 seconds. That's pretty fast. So the sun, here it is, up there in the universe, and it's beaming, and then the light from the sun hits the moon, and then you look up at the moon, 1.3 seconds, you got, you know, about that eight-minute run here, and then 1.3 seconds, you see that light. That's fast. That's moving fast. That's faster than me trying to get into my bed before the light went out. And I want to observe some characteristics 
and qualities of light today. And today, when, I, 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 when you hear me refer to light, I want you to understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about not necessarily this light, but I'm talking about the light of Jesus. Everyone say, the light of Jesus. All right. Uh, you know, the Lord in Genesis, he spoke and he said, let there be. He said, let there be. And guess what? Light came. I don't know about you. That's pretty awesome. Uh, God also, he, he spoke into the darkness in a sinful world when Jesus came and he brought, right, all right, are you guys following me? And believers in Christ uh, see the light while non-believers are often blinded by the light. See, as believers, we know this light that lives within us, which is Jesus Christ. And some people don't see that light. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians, we're going to be chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. How many brought your Bible today? How many brought an old school Bible? All right. I'm, I like that. How many brought your Bible on your phone? All right. That's all right, too. You got more translations than I do right here. Uh, but that's all right. Mine runs, doesn't take power to run. All right. How many are just going to look at the screen today? All right. That's all right, too. All right. So. There we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says this. If you have it, say, I got it. All right. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. God, I ask, Lord, that you would be with us today. Lord, that our hearts would be open to what you would speak to us today. God, I ask, Lord, that your anointing would begin to flow. God, I pray, Lord, that our, our, our hearts would just be uh, softened for the word of God today. God, I pray, Lord, that it would just take root in our hearts, Lord, that we would be forever changed. And everybody said, all right, let me read that again. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a jar. Containing this great treasure... Uh, this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not ourselves. Now, look at this. Um, if you have your Bibles, jump over to John chapter 8, verse 12. I'm going to show you guys. And, and once you grab that, put your finger there and go to Matthew 5, okay? John chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 5, if you can do that. Some of you are like, I got my phone. I can do it really fast. And some of you are doing the old, old school. And, all right. John chapter 8, verse 12 says this, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. Everyone, everyone say that with me. I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. Now look at this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Same guy speaking here. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. 
of the world. Everyone repeat that one with me. You are the light of the world. So I want to talk to you today about uh, being, uh, being the light of the world. And, and, and so my first point, and I'm, I'm going to be brief today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to be brief. And everyone say, boy, Pastor, you got a lot of faith today, right? All right. Uh, the fir- my first point is this. Light reflected from us or Jesus reflected from us. That's my first point. So when I read these statements in John chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 5, I can't help but look at these two different comments on light. And Jesus first says, I am the light, talking about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew chapter uh, of, uh, 5, he says, you are the light of the world. And I can't help but look at that and say, is he confused? Is, are there two lights? Or um, is, is Jesus, which one is it? Is it, is it you or me? And, and as I begin to think about this, I, I, we have to really contextualize this and, and look at this. But we got to consider this. Consider this, all right? I'll give you an example here. If Jesus, think of it like this. Jesus is the Son. He is the S-O-N, but think of him as the S-U-N, okay? He is the source of light. Our source of light in this universe is the sun, right? It rises in the morning. It goes down in the evening, all right? And so Jesus is the sun. He is the source of light. Now look at this. We are like the moon. We are like the moon. And, and the moon, here's the thing about the moon. The moon is this big rock that's just rotating out in the middle of space, and it, it is just a dark place without the sun. It's just a dark place without the sun. And the moon exists in a dark space. But can I, and, and can I tell you this? As you and me, as believers, we exist in a dark space. We exist in a dark space. What do you mean, TJ? Well, we live in a fallen world. All you have to do is turn the news on to understand that you live in a fallen world. Right now, we're living in a time where, where people, where good, good things are considered uh, bad and bad things are considered good. It's flip-flopped. Our world, and there's no moral compass, but we live in dark times. But can I ask you this? Are you a reflection of Christ's love in this dark world? Uh, so, so are you reflecting Christ in your life? And like the jars, like jars, everyone say, I'm a jar. All right. Like jars, our lives are illuminating Christ from us. Now, I said this, uh, I think, a few weeks ago. Many of us say, hey, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'm a Christian, but their life doesn't reflect a Christ-like life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. So, like the jars of our life, is Christ illuminating through us to a dark and dying world? And here, listen to this. The only time the moon is not visible uh, for us, okay, there's times, and I understand, there's phases of the moon depending on where it's at. But the only time that the moon is not visible to us is during a lunar eclipse. And what happens in a lunar eclipse is basically this. The light between the sun and the moon is blocked by the earth, or by the world. How many, can you hear where I'm going? Can you hear where I'm going? Okay, all right, are you guys with me? 
All right, good. I just want to make sure you're with me. So a lunar eclipse is when the earth comes between the sun and the moon, thus blocking the light of the sun. So how many times in our lives have we let the sun or, or the S-O-N, Christ, his light be blocked by worldly things? How many times have we tried and, and we, we failed and when we should have been the light of Christ, we just were more worldly. Maybe we're at work and maybe we're saying things that we shouldn't say, that we wouldn't say at home. Or maybe we're at school and we're saying things that school that we wouldn't say at home because our mom would be like. Worldly things and, 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 and that's what we need to know. And, and so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oftentimes, and, and John, there's a great, Jesus talks about this, and he talks about we are to be, uh, 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 we are in this world, or we are of this world, we're not in this world. So, so we are in this world, we're not of this world. So I got that backwards. Here's what we need to know is this, is in our lives, in our lives, oftentimes we allow things of the world to block what God is trying to illuminate in our lives. You'll live a better life. Your life will have a better testimony by how you live than by what you say. Let me give you an example. I've heard a lot of people say, hey, I'm a Christian. And their life no, no more show that they're a Christian. I could say a lot of things with my mouth. I'll, I'll prove it right now. You guys know what? I play for the NBA. I am a star on the Oklahoma is it thunder? Is that right? I don't know the NBA very well. I'm going to be honest with you. I am a star that plays for the Oklahoma Thunder. I think that sounds right. Maybe I'm wrong. All right, let's go baseball. I'm a lot better with baseball. I am a star for the St. Louis Cardinals. I know baseball. All right. And I could say that all day long, but guess what? If I don't ever show up to a game, and I don't ever practice with the team, and I don't have even a uniform, I can't even afford the cleats that those guys wear, guess what? It's all a big lie. It's not just by what I say, but it's how I live. And listen, the world will know if you're saved or not saved. They'll know by your attitude. Have you ever met someone in the store? I, I, okay, I don't meet a stranger. I, I mentioned this last night to my wife. I got out. I was getting gas. We were on our way home from Missouri. I stopped and get gas. This guy is out there at the, at the gas station grabbing all the trash, and I just felt compelled to talk to this guy. I do this all the time, and I'm getting gas, and I'm like, hey. He's like, I'm like, how are you doing? He saw Man, I'm all right. I said, really? I could tell he was kind of a happy guy. And I said, is everything going all right? He goes, man, I hate this rain. I said, man, I know. It's terrible. And he said, you know what? He goes, I'd rather get in a fight than get my shoes wet. <laughs> he goes, once my shoes and my feet get wet, I'm ready to go home. I thought, that's an odd way of looking at life. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you, man, you're doing a good job. He said, oh, thanks. I wish I was at, is it Christmas World, Santa Claus? What is that, what is that theme park? Holiday. What is it, holiday? Okay. And he said, I wish I was over there. I said, me too. And he said, or I wish I was on the beach. I said, maybe me too, man. He said, all right. Well, 
I'll see you later. And I said, all right, have a good day. That was our conversation. I, don't, I don't, wouldn't rather get in a fight. I'd rather have wet feet than get in a fight. That's me. That's what he said. I'm just passing it along. But listen, I, I never meet a stranger. But listen, oftentimes we can meet people and we can know they're a Christian just by how they act and the way that they are. I love meeting people that, and, and hearing, hearing them talk and watching them from afar and them not knowing that I, that I know that they're a Christian. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm, yeah, you're a believer. You know what? What's even greater, and now you guys are going to be scared, but what's even greater than this is when I go to the store and you guys don't know that I see you guys in the store. I got my mask on. I got my sunglasses and I'm incognito and you're there. And I'm watching you and seeing how you respond to people and what you're doing. And Oh, man, Pastor, I didn't know you did that. Well, you just never know what, where I'm at. I'm just saying, okay. That's what I tell my kids too, right? All right. So, but here's the thing. We are to be reflecting Christ every day in our lives. Whatever that looks like. That can be a smile on your face. Look at this. James chapter 1 verse 16 says this. Uh, when we have the world's pleasures, oftentimes, when we have the world's, I, this is not what James says, but, but when we have let the world's pleasures and its pursuits and passions creep in between God and I, it blocks the light. Look at this. James 1, 16 says this. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his, what? Man, some of us have desires in our hearts that are not good. Some of us have things in our lives that are not good. And here's the thing, the world and our own desires seem fine for a season, but they always lead to destruction. Sin can be fun for a season. You remember the story of the prodigal son, sin can be fun for a season. Hey, dad, I want my inheritance. You know what he said to his dad is, you're better off dead because I want my inheritance right now. And he went and he squandered his inheritance and he found himself and a pig pen feeding pigs with no money, no friends, lost. And sin always leads to death. And it seems like sometimes when you step into, sin can, can be okay for a minute, but eventually that thing will birth into death. Now that's good preaching right there. You may not like that, but that's good preaching. So the world, our own desires, seem fine, seem fine for a season, but they always lead to death. But don't think for one moment that the enemy doesn't know how to entice you. The enemy watches you. He watches you more than I do in the grocery store. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what, what pulls you. And so John, and, 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 and on the other hand, if we look at Jesus without... Uh, on the other hand, if we, if we look at Jesus without allowing the world to creep in, his reflection will be clear in our lives. I told you, I love it when I, when I meet someone and I know they're a believer and they don't know that I'm a believer. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I can look at you. I can tell by the way you talk. I can tell by the way you act that the love of God is just exuding from you. Yeah, I got you. John Chapter 8, verse 12 says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Look at this. Whoever follows me will not walk in what? Not walk in. Not walk in. But will have the light of life. And can I tell you this? When we 
ask Jesus into our heart, he will shine through your life. You want to know if you're saved or not? Is he shining through your life? Or is he being blocked by the world? So when we do this, the light will shine, and, and not with the fading light, but will glow with the liberty of the spirit which never fades. So, I don't know. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, I want to be a reflection of Jesus. Come on, say it. I want to be a reflection of Jesus. All right. Here's a second, second point. His light is imparted to us. Everyone say, imparted to us. Jesus is imparted to us. Look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has in our hearts, so, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile, j- uh, fragile, j- fragile clay jars containing the great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not of ourselves. So it's Jesus imparting to us. By God's spirit, he places this treasure of his son into our lives. We call ourselves fragile clay jars or fragile J. Clars, as I said earlier, all right? Can I tell you what that's like? God is basically taking something that is perfect. We sing about it. Lord, you are holy. Lord, you are without sin. God takes something that is perfect and puts it into our lives. Can I, let me give you a good example of this, okay? God takes a diamond, Jesus Christ, a diamond, and he puts it in a hefty trash bag. Right? Doesn't seem fit. Doesn't seem like it works. It doesn't seem like we should do that. Uh, you know, we put valuable things in boxes, Right? Right? It's what we do. If you have a gun, you put it in a safe. Valuable things in boxes, right? Or I have this watch that a guy gave me one time, and it's a a really expensive watch. It's like a diving watch, and I didn't even, he just gave it to me one day. I was like, man, this is so cool. And it, the box is cooler than the watch. It really is. And I'm like, man, this thing is just decked out, and it's really cool, but we put valuable things in nice things, but not God. He takes the most valuable thing, his son, and he puts it in us. You're like, wait a second, TJ. I don't like that. Don't compare me to a hefty trash bag. I'm no trash bag, and, and listen, and I, 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 I want to get to this. In Isaiah 64, 6, it says, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous deeds are like polluted garments. There isn't none of us in here who has perfect record. We all fade like a leaf, and our, looks, look at this, and our iniquities, our sins, are like the wind and take us away. So each one of us, we're not perfect. Jesus is perfect. And so to compare yourselves, you're like, man, that's tough to compare myself to a trash bag. But when we compare ourselves to Jesus, it's what we look like. Because he was perfect and I am not. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God is what Romans 3.23 tells us. And so knowing that, listen, I want to share something with you. To do that, to put Jesus where he's at, where his rightful place, and to put ourselves where we belong, what we have to do humble ourselves you know what that is when you say oh I'm no trash bag you know what that is that's pride 
Oh, it's quiet in here now. Woo! Nobody wants to talk about that. But humility says, hey, God, I, I, I don't have it together. I'm not perfect. Why would you put your son inside of me in this fragile jar clay is what Paul says. He calls us fragile uh, Clark, Clark. Man, I cannot say that. Fragile jar clays. Did I say that right? Clay jars. Man. Something's wrong with my talker today. And just like the moon can't light up itself, it's a rock floating around the earth. It's only brought to our attention when the sun shines on it. That's the only time it's brought to our attention here on earth. We only see the moon when the sun shines on it. And can I tell you something? People will see Jesus in our lives when the sun shines on on us. Look at this, Ephesians 5, chapter 8. Ephesians 5, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 8 through 13 says this. For at one time you were darkness. Talking about us. You were darkness. That's how I know that I'm a hefty trash bag. I am darkness. Right there. But now you are light in the world. Everyone say light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That will keep you out of a lot of trouble. God, is this right for me? I can do it, but is it, is it good? Is it beneficial to me? Number one, if I do this, is it going to make someone else fall? Because people are watching me, I'm a reflection of Jesus. Verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Oh, I want to go back to verse 10. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of these things. Oh, let's not even talk about these things. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. So what happens is Jesus shines his light on us. And let me tell you something. How many have ever changed the light in your house? You got a brighter light. When you change the light in your house and it gets brighter in the hallway, you realize, man, I think I need to paint. I didn't realize I had all these stains in the carpet and I didn't, didn't see that before, but it exposes things, right? And, and it, it, it proves things. So that's what God does to our lives is when we have Jesus in our life and he's looking at us and exposes our weaknesses and exposes, hey, man, I'm in need of a savior and I'm in need of help. The moon cannot be illuminated without the sun, right? So Paul here in, in Corinthians is warning us to get the darkness out of our lives and let the light of Jesus shine within us. This is simple, but this is powerful. And some people change their ways when they see the light. and Others only change it when they feel the heat. 
I don't know about you. You've been there. Listen, you've been there. I'll give you an example, okay? You've been there. When you're at work and you know you shouldn't be doing something or you're doing something, you you will do that thing oftentimes until the heat is exposed. And your boss comes in and says, what? You're not supposed to be doing that. Well, but even though you know that it's, it isn't right. Maybe you're adding time on your time card. The boss is like, hey, I saw you leave 15 minutes ago. Why, why, are, you, why are you charging me for that? And oftentimes, we, we don't change until we feel the heat. And can I tell you something? The Bible is great because when we begin to read the Word of God, it exposes things in our life. It shows us. Do you want the answer to any of life's situations? It is right here. It is right here. There is an answer for anything that you can face in your life. And that's what the Word of God is. It exposes. And oftentimes, oftentimes, we wait till the heat is, is hot on us before we decide to change. Now look at this. When Jesus reflects within us, we are perceived as good. When Jesus reflects within us, we are perceived as good. Not because I am good, but because Jesus is good. Now look at this. Last point. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Light shining through us. Here's the last one. The light or Jesus shining through us. Everyone say, Jesus shine through me. I like this. Second Corinthians It says this, it says we are, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 8 says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Look at this. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. All right, you feeling encouraged? Verse 9, so we are hunted down, at, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus Christ so that the life of Jesus may also be be seen in our bodies. Did you catch the last part of that scripture? Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Remember I said you're you're a, man, I'm going to try to say it again, clay jar. You're a fragile clay jar. You're a fragile jar clay. I don't know. I can't seem to say that for some reason. How many have ever faced a trial in your life? Faced a situation in your life? Had a tough time. Now, I've said this before. You've heard me say this. For every New Testament principle, every New Testament principle, there is an Old Testament story that will back up that New Testament principle. Now, I'm going to show you something here in Scripture. And we are, we are, oh man, I keep wanting to say jar clays. We are clay jars, fragile clay jars. And when we face trials, oftentimes, uh, how, many, how many have had the Lord come through on a trial for you? And, you? and when you came through that trial, you said, oh, I made it. I made it. I, I don't know how I made it, but I made it through this situation. Maybe you lost your job and God provided you a new job you're like I don't know how I made it but I made it and some of you say hey back when I was walking with the world I don't know how I'm alive today but I made it 
As Paul said above, whenever we go through hard times, there's an opportunity for the light of, of God to shine through us. But here's what happens. I'm a fragile clay jar. I said it. I'm a fragile clay jar. But what happens is for the light to shine, sometimes I have to be broken. Let me tell you, that's not always easy. Oh, I like, I like talking about prosperity better, Pastor, than being broken. But brokenness allows Jesus to be illuminated in our lives. You know what's crazy? I, I didn't say this earlier, but, but when I compared Jesus to being a diamond and us being a, a, a hefty glad bag or whatever they are, trash bag, you know what makes that diamond more brilliant is the fact that it's when you compare it to that trash bag it's like man this is amazing and when people see your life and they see your testimony and they say man they may look at Matt and say man this do you know where this guy's been I do I don't know if you guys do but they may look at him and say hey I can't believe he is where he is I can't believe he's up here singing songs about Jesus I can't believe that he's preaching the gospel Loving on kids because he was a hefty bag. And they look at that and they say, man, that makes Jesus that much more brilliant. Not because Matt is bad, but I'm just saying in comparison to all of us, you make Jesus brilliant. But look at this. Sometimes we have to be broken for the light of Jesus to shine through us. Now, this isn't popular preaching, but this is good preaching. This is very good for us. And I'm reminded of that this week. Some situations seem like they may break us. But what is really happening is Jesus is just letting his light begin to shine out of us. Some of us are like, man, I am struggling, and I want to quit, and I am tired. And God's saying, oh, I'm about to show my brilliance. Look at this. I told you, every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament story. Look at this. In the Bible, there's a man named Gideon, and he's called by God to take on the, the Midianites. He is a judge. He's a judge that God used. And Gideon's kind of a, he's not much of a fighter. He'd, he'd rather have wet shoes than go fight somebody. So crazy I ran into that guy. Anyways, and so there he is. And the Midianites had an army of 145,000. It's a big army. And when Gideon blew his trumpet to call the army of Israel together, guess what? Only 32,000 showed up. Only 32,000 showed up. So got 32,000 versus 145,000. Gideon goes to the Lord and says, hey, there's 145,000 of them. 32,000 of us. Lord, do you want to rethink this a little bit? And this is not going to work out good for us. I, I don't like our odds here. And God says, I don't like our odds either. He says, do this. Tell them if they want to go home, they can go home. What? If they're afraid, they can go home. And so guess what? 22,000. I'm going home to my wife, Gideon. See you later. So now he's down to 10,000. 
So you gotta, you got to think, Gideon's probably really discouraged at this point. Man, down to 10,000, there's 145,000, and then there's 10,000 of us. Lord, all right, at least it'll be fast. It'll be quick. We'll get annihilated. We'll be done. And God's like, no, that's still too many. you got to love God. God challenges us, right? That's still too many. And Gideon's saying, man, I, Lord, I'll, I'll wet my feet. I don't want to fight. So there, and, and, and he says this, the Lord tells him, says, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take the men to the river. And I, those who drink out of the river like a dog, and those who cup, the ones that cup their hands and drink, those are the ones that stay. The other ones go home. I don't know why uh, 9,700 men decided to get down and drink like a dog. But they did. Next time you do that, go to your water hose. Yeah, I drink out of the water hose and just, you know. I wouldn't do it in the river, okay? All right. And so they do that, and then, so 9,700 men go home, dog drinking, drink like dog men go home, and 300 are left. So 300 from 32,000 down to 300. You got to feel good if you're getting at this point. It's like, man, Lord, you know how you're good at taking away people. But this is what God did. He, he told Gideon, and God uses strategy. God knows things that we don't know, and God uses strategy oftentimes that we don't understand, that we, we can't comprehend. But if we'll step back and let God do what he's going to do, God does amazing things. So what he does, he speaks to Gideon. He says, hey, Gideon, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take these 300 men, and I want you to give them all, I'm going to say it, clay jar with a light in it. And everybody's going to take a clay jar, and this is what I want you to do. The camp of the Mennonites, I want you to surround them, and I want you to position them apart so that there's 300 lights, okay? And so they have these jars, and they've they got lights in them, and they go to the camp at night. They go to the camp at night, and they have these jars, and they call out the Midianites, and the Midianites wake up, and you know what they do? They break these clay jars, and the light begins to shine. The light begins to shine. And when the light begins to shine, the Midianites see 300 marks around them. And they begin to think, hey, there's a whole regiment of armies around us. There's 300 different armies. And it's just one guy holding a, holding a light there. And the Bible tells us that the Midianites, what happens is they begin to get confused and they begin to get scared and you know what they start doing they start fighting each other probably because they're like what do we do what do we do what do we do and confusion comes upon the camp and they begin to kill each other and massacre each other and they take the battle but here's the thing you got to be willing to be broken to get victory sometimes for the light of Jesus to shine through us, sometimes we have to allow the breaking of our lives. We have to walk in humility and say, hey, God, I'm not perfect. But, Lord, if you'll break me, Lord, your light will shine through me. Sometimes that means sharing your testimony. Sometimes that's tough. Some of you won't share your testimony because you're worried about what people will think about you. Can I tell you something? That is a breaking in you because you're allowing the light of Jesus to be illuminated in you. Now, look at this. There was a great victory that day and that night because the light caused the enemy to be confused and beaten back. And can I tell you this? The light of Jesus causes the enemy 
to be confused. The light of Jesus and our broken lives shining forth can make a way where there seems to be no way. And that's why Paul says we are pressed, we are perplexed, we are hunted down, we are knocked down. But in all that, listen to this, he gives the opposite of that, we are not crushed. We may be pressed, but we're not crushed. We may be perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We may be hunted, but we are not abandoned. And we may be knocked down, but we are not destroyed. You know why? Because the light of Jesus is shining in you. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. So what you're going through, the trial that you're dealing with, the thing that you're struggling with, I'm going to just do something bold. It's not in vain. Just say, hey, God, will you just break me and allow your light to shine through me? Will you use me as a broken vessel today? That's a tough thing to ask. That means you're going to have to come in humility. God's been really speaking to me on that humility. Humility saying, God, I set myself aside so you can do what you, you can do. Two things. Two things about the light of Jesus. Look at this. If you're a new believer, I want to share two things with you. Two things about the light of Jesus. When I'm saved, it goes within me. It goes within me. When I ask Jesus into my heart, when I have a relationship with Jesus, it goes within me. Sometimes God allows us to go through things so others may see the light of God in our lives. You know what that's called? Your testimony. Your testimony. Some of you got testimonies. You need to be sharing your testimony. Secondly, I light up with, the, with his light when I realize I'm just a clay pot. I'm just a clay jar. Just a fragile clay jar. I'm not that great, but his brilliance shining through me is great. And it amazes me that God would use a vessel like me or a vessel like Matt or a vessel like you to put something so valuable in us. Amen. Are you with me today? God is attracted to humility more than giftings and talents. I don't care how good of a speaker you are. I don't care how good of a basketball player. I don't care how well you know the NBA that your pastor doesn't know. Whatever your gifting is, guess what? God is attracted to humility more than he is anything. And I don't have to put an act on as a religious person, and I don't have to have religious talk, but I can, I can tell you this, that all the glory, when I realize that I'm just a clay jar, fragile clay jar, all the glory goes back to him. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your anointing. God, I thank you for your spirit that we, we fill in this house. And God, I ask today, Lord, that you would remind us that we are the reflection of you. God, that you imparted into us, Lord, the light, the brilliance of Jesus Christ. Lord, that we... Even though we're not perfect, God, you put something very valuable within us. And God, I pray, Lord, that we be the light of the world. If you're here today, I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus as your personal Savior. Say, hey, Pastor, I heard you talking about Jesus living in my life. And I don't know today that if something was to happen to me that I would make heaven my home. I want to give you the opportunity to know Jesus today, to have a relationship with him.
It's the best decision you'll ever make. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Say, hey, Pastor, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. I want to give you that opportunity. No one looking around. Just, just me. I want to give you the opportunity to know him today. Any hands in the building, would you just shoot up your hand? Anybody in the building? Anyone in the balcony today? Take just a few moments. Don't miss your moment today. Don't miss your moment today. All right. Maybe you're here and you say, hey, I've been dealing with some issues and I need the light of Jesus to shine through me. Maybe you've failed and maybe you've made some mistakes and maybe you've allowed the world to block the, the light of Jesus in your life. You say, hey, I want, I want to know Jesus in a better way and I, I want my life to be a reflection of, of Him, a bright reflection of Him that when they see me, all they see is Jesus. You say, hey, I, I need to repent and ask God to help me with that. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Anybody in the building? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all over the place. Will you do this with me? Will you stand with me real fast? I'd like to say a word of prayer with you today for those who lifted their hands. God, I ask today that your presence, Lord, will begin to flow in this place. God, Lord, that the brilliance of the light of Jesus would shine through us again. God, I ask, Lord, that you would forgive us, God, of making mistakes and messing up and sinning and allowing the world to come between us and you. God, maybe we haven't been a good reflection, but God, today, Lord, that changes. God, we know that we are just a fragile clay jar. And so, Lord, let your brilliance shine. Lord, if you need to break me, break me so your brilliance shines. God, I ask, Lord, that you would just uh, cover us with your grace today, cover us with your mercy. Lord, we give you adoration and we give you praise. We magnify your name. Amen. And the church said amen. Amen. This is what I want you to do. Will you, will you stretch your hand this way? Just one second. I, I want... She's going to share a testimony. Come here. Come on. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord. Just, just a moment. Listen, we're going to, we're going to share a testimony today. I want, I want you to just open your hearts and open your minds. Look, at, she's going to show you something in her life. Sometimes we're broken so the light of Jesus can shine. All right? This is Ashley, if you don't know her. Some of you know her. So here you go. I've been accused of things at work that does not reflect well on my character, was not me. There were lies that the enemy tried to break me, and it really felt awful. Um, it really made me fear for my job. I had to do a lot of things to prove to my work that I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I've had several health issues in the middle of all this that would have made it very easy for me to quit and not care to go to work or do the things I'm supposed to be doing. Um, 
and that was been very difficult, but I knew God would get me through it, A, and B, I had to keep doing what God wanted me to do, which was showing up to work every day, um, putting on a smiling face, which is me, not letting all this negativity beat me down because it did for a while. I got really depressed, really scared. I thought I was going to lose my job for a long time. Um, I tell that to say on Friday I had a meeting with all my bosses and they said that the case is closed basically and that I'm not under their watchful eye and that everything's going well with me to keep up the good work, which was a huge relief to me because I seriously thought I was going to lose my job. I mean, I was so scared. I mean, I prayed and prayed and prayed and I had anxiety over it, but in the end, God won. God let me continue to be who he made me, to shine every day, to show them that I'm not that person. I am who I say I am. I am who he says I am, not what they say or who tell, who told them whatever about me. That's not who I am. I'm a child of God. And I was really, really thankful that I was able to show that to them. So, Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Thank you. Thank you for being obedient to the Spirit of God. If you'll stretch your hand this way, I want to bless you this week. May the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap as Jenna comes. Amen. What a good word. I know that I will be a hefty bag if that means God can shine through me. That was a good word, Pastor. If you are guests here, we welcome you. We thank you for coming and worshiping with us. We ask that you would fill out a connection card. It's in the seat backs. And take that to our welcome center right outside in the front. And we have a gift we'd love to share with you. Um, so do that if you are joining us today as a visitor. We just want to get to know you and connect with you. Um, tithing boxes are hanging right outside each door and one upstairs for you to drop in your tithes and offering. Um, and then there's plenty of ways that you can pay online, too, if you want to give um, offering or ties. I have several announcements, so buckle up. There's a lot going on. Um, Men's Fellowship, Tuesday, April 27th. That's this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Come out and just enjoy fellowship and a good word. The Ignite Teens are selling pizza through April 28th. So this fundraiser is for them to raise funds to help them go to camp or other events that are going out throughout the year. Um, if you want to order a pizza, find a teen, any of them today, and get one ordered. There is a church work day on May 15th at 9 a.m. And this can be for anyone, so not just the guys. Ladies, there's plenty of stuff for you to do too. So go ahead and plan to come out at 9 a.m. on May 15th. And I'm super excited about the next two announcements. BBS, June 7th through 11th, 7 p.m. to 9. If you have not been to a VBS at Cornerstone, you got to come and see why everyone is clapping. If you have kids, you got to get your kids here. If you don't have kids, you're going to want to sign up to volunteer. It's something that we take a lot of pride in. Um, God really works through our VBS, so we invite you to come and be a part of that. Um, there is a sign-up sheet out on the welcome desk for you to sign up if you want to volunteer. Um, Reboot Summer Camp in Kentucky. July 26th through the 29th, there's a kids camp and a teen camp. I'm going to give you a little bit of details about um, the payment. Raise your hand if your life has ever been changed at camp, at youth camp. God moves at camp. So if you have a child, if you have a teenager, 
make a way for your teens, your kids to be at camp this year. We have some really awesome um, speakers at Kids Camp, happens to be our family life pastors, Carrie and Aaron. And it's not like going to be one of those things where your kids are like, well, we hear from Carrie and Aaron every week. They love it. Carrie and Aaron show up and do an amazing work, and God works through them. You won't want your kids to miss it. The teens will be overly blessed. So here's the deal. There's a $50 deposit due by May 16th. So if you have a child or a teen that wants to go to camp, $50 deposit due by May 16th. The rest of your payment is going to be due by June 6th for the early bird price. The early bird price is $125. With a t-shirt, it's $135. So if you pay after June 6th, it goes up to $150. So you want to get your money in by June 6th. Your final payment, if you just did a deposit, is due by July 11th. Uh, that's all. You guys have a blessed Sunday.